Welcome to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. Liz. Yes. Are you are you still in mourning? I am in mourning. I'm very sad. I'm sorry. I I don't share your sadness, but I'm here for you. Thank you. You should listen to Sinead. She's great. She really is. She's one of the only artists that isn't like 80s exclusively. I think her first album, Lion and the Cobra, came out in 88. So she kind of bled into the 90s, which I just don't really care for most 90s music. But Sinead, you know, she were, she was like she had a soul of a punk rocker, you know, <laughs> and she took a lot of of shit because she came out against the church, the Catholic church. She's Irish. It's sure Sinead fans know and her big the big scandal surrounding her was when she was on Saturday Night Live as the musical act and she tore up a picture of the Pope live now I don't know if you don't remember that was very scandalous oh I I remember yeah Mm -hmm. now now that would be considered nothing like that would be fine nobody can you know I mean we people tweeting the decapitated Trump heads you know what I mean so that's fine but back in the Back in the good good old days and real in the real world, you know that it was very controversial because of uh, she was opposed to all the sexual abuse and the oppression. So she was just she had the soul of a punker. She's a great great vo- voice, just a beautiful voice. And I will share one thing before we move on because we have so much to talk about. And we're talking about Sinead O'Connor. If you figure it out, if your listeners didn't figure it out, but I read this story um, about how. I think it was in the mid 2000s. I don't even know. Maybe after 2010. And it was when Rolling Stone put the first time put Kim Kardashian on the cover. And I guess they had posted the cover to Facebook or something. And Sinead O'Connor made a comment. And her comment was, why did you put this See You Next Tuesday on the cover of Rolling Stone? Music is dead. You know, because Rolling Stone used to be music, right? It was about music and charts and rock bands. And now it's just a culture rag and propaganda outlet. But anyway, I mean, you know, she had the guts to say that. So very sad that she has left us. She was only 56. What did uh, what was her cause of death? Do we know? We don't know yet. And I pray that she did not commit suicide. I, I hope that that's not it. I don't think she would. Her her son committed suicide last year. Oh, well. That, yeah, that, one of her but, sons. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's horrible. I didn't know so, that. That would make me commit suicide. So if she did. Rough. Oh, Jesus. That's so- she took it rough. But she has other children. So she has four kids. So oh, okay. um, it's not like. She has nothing to live for because she had three other children. I'm not saying that would be easier, but I, so we don't really know her cause of death. Um, and again, she's only, she's only 56. Yeah. Jeez. So very sad, rest very important. Peace. Rest in peace. Yes. Rest in peace. So now we can move on to this shit show. <laughs> another, another drinking out of a fire hose week of political scandals and news. I don't even know where to start, Liz. You you direct me. Well, we I want to start with something we'll just touch on briefly because nobody seems to give a shit except for Liz. And that is that we had a congressional hearing about aliens and someone testified under oath that the government has like biological alien entities. They they've been collecting them and it just nobody cared. Just no one cared. You know, 
just not a big deal. So I think that was one of my favorite um, moments of the week because I'm an X-Files fan. So I was excited because I'm ready. I'm ready for the aliens because I've watched the X-Files series several times. So I'm ready. But now let's see where to start. So I guess we should start at the beginning of the week, towards the beginning of the week, with the sad outcome for Hunter Biden's plea deal. Rest in, rest in <laughs> we, I wish I had that. I do have it. I'll put it in post-production. The sound of the um, Price is Right, the sad trombone. Yeah. So that just a fine job imitating it. I think it's actually funnier. Okay, good. I won't put it in. But so that's it's called the sound is called sad trombone. And that's really I think it's very descriptive because Hunter, um, who is a private citizen, just to let you know, but was had like quite the security entourage appearing in court for his plea deal. Um showed up and the judge was like, bitch, please. Right. I mean, that's kind of <laughs> summary. She would looked at this and she was like, bitch, please. So Hunter Biden's plea deal where he was getting away with just crimes that any other American would be in jail and have been put in jail for, um, including gun, a gun, a felony gun charge. Um, they, the judge was not buying what the DOJ was selling. So Julie, you're a DOJ uh, fanatic. So t- give us give us some of the details. I know you followed this really close. Right. So first of all, this is another secretive deal where the details of both the plea agreement and um, the uh, what do they call it? I just lost my mind. The agreement, um, the diversion agreement. So he had a plea agreement on two misdemeanors for tax crimes. Now, Hunter Biden allegedly was under investigation for failure to file, uh, filing false returns, failing to um, uh, uh, file income or to report income for tax years 2014 through 2019. So obviously, with the exception, I think, of 2016. So the, so two years when his father was vice president. So there are multiple. I mean, he just flat out didn't even file. Right. And I mean, so interesting that came out of this documentation that finally um, Betsy Woodruff Swan at Politico got a copy of it. She's actually posting screenshots of these agreements because they're not on the docket. You can't find them anywhere, which, number one, in a case of this magnitude with I don't care how many times they call him a private citizen. Hunter Biden is a public figure. He is the vi- he is the president's son. He was the vice pres- president's son. He leveraged his last name for well, 15 he's years. Also, he's also a famous artist, too. So I forgot, you know, he yeah. is also he is very much public in that sense. I just wanted to make sure to remind our audience that he not only he has his own accomplishments <laughs> as an artist, a painter, whatever he does. OK, go ahead. <laughs> So there were two separate agreements, basically. So he would plead guilty to these two misdemeanors, but also there would be this diversion agreement if he was on good behavior for I think it was two years, you know, didn't smoke crack, didn't bring cocaine into the White House for his Fourth of July party, (laughs) didn't knock up some strippers, you know, things like that. 
didn't, didn't take millions of dollars from a Chinese Communist Party related criminal um, that they would drop the gun charge. Well, apparently what was buried in the diversion agreement, and this is what set off Judge Norica, Norica, I think, is that it basically was an immunity agreement where Hunter Biden, if he behaved for two years, and this would have been not apparently also something sketchy, wasn't up to probation services, which basically is on probation, right? Wouldn't be probation services who would oversee, you know, handle his drug tests or anything. But if he violated it, it would be kicked back to the judge to determine whether he was violating the terms of this specific agreement. So this was the document, aside from the BS two misdemeanors, when he failed to report for years, failed to report millions of dollars in income, which, by the way, some third party, I think it was his attorney or some Holly, I don't know if it was his attorney, I'm getting mixed signals, mixed uh, uh, responses. Someone paid off his debts, $2 million worth of uh, taxes. And yeah, and that is not at all a red flag. Like, no, that is not totally weird. Not. That is sure. totally normal. That is in no way should cause alarm for anybody. The hair on the back of your neck should not stand up. That's who doesn't have a friend that pays off two million dollars in back taxes, right? And Am I right? The way this happened while his father was president. This didn't happen back in you know 2015, 2016, or even 2019. It happened in 2021. So, but apparently the media is not worried about that. They don't really care who this person is or if he's gotten any, you know, little goodies, Scooby snacks, as you call them from the White House or any political figure. That's totally fine. So at any rate, this uh, document was basically an immunity agreement that would shield Hunter Biden from prosecutions for any other related crimes. Now, in the tax, um, the tax plea deal, which, again, is not made public, only uh, Betsy Swan at Politico, someone gave her a copy of it. They mention the income that he got from China, from Ukraine, and from Romania. So this immunity agreement separately, it doesn't address the misdemeanor plea deal, but basically says if there's any other crimes that Hunter Biden committed related to any of these matters, either the tax or the gun charge, he would have immunity from prosecution. It's just absurd. It's so absurd. Well, this is why these documents were kept away from the public, right? Now, well, and there's no reason. There's no reason that these documents should not be public. They don't have anything to do with national security, right? The only reasons you keep things secret is if there's, and they're very loose on this, um, the DOJ loves to use this as an excuse to not make things public, is if you're naming like undercover agents or something, you this is not something that needs to be like protected. This is not at all. And that's and of course, the media doesn't give a shit. But anyway, go go ahead, Julie. <clears throat> right. The media did not care. So basically, the news of the plea agreement was a very brief letter uh, that was filed on the docket. I looked at the docket uh, yesterday or two days ago was filed on the docket, a very brief letter from David Weiss, the U.S. attorney from Delaware, who's handling this um, invest, alleged investigation. And it was a very terse letter. Basically, we have this plea agreement for two misdemeanors. We have a diversion agreement on the handgun charge. That's it. Well, Liz, I'm not an attorney. I know there's different sorts of plea agreements that can be sort of kept private. This, some defense, some attorneys have been telling me that. Um, but I've looked at, 
I can't even tell you how many plea agreements with January Sixers. And these are lengthy, detailed. They can go up to 35 pages. I mean, they can go up to 20 pages for a parading misdemeanor. So the fact that that Weiss only made this letter public and placed it on the docket right then and there, uh, again, the media didn't care, right? They weren't filing motions demanding to see this. Just like, oh, okay, well, this sounds great. So um, at any rate, what happened in court was the judge directly said, um, and apparently this was placed in this diversion agreement at the last minute, but she caught it or one of her clerks caught it and directly asked DOJ, uh, not, uh, yes, directly asked DOJ, Weiss's team, does this mean he will be shielded from prosecution for other crimes such as Farah? So that's the Foreign Agents Registration Act. That was the favorite of DOJ going after Trump's Trump associates, right? So if you're lobbying for a foreign country, you have to register as such, which is what Hunter Biden was doing. He was not a board member for Burisma, right? He couldn't be a board member because he didn't speak the language. He had no background in energy and he was smoking crack like and this was in the documents. This is not something I'm making up or it's gossip. They admit in the documents that he started smoking crack regularly in 2016. So you're crack addicted, but yet you're making $83,000 a month as a quote unquote board member for Burisma. Well, he wasn't. He well, was plus the Burisma. Didn't the president of Burisma say he was a dumb like and that they were just paying him off? Like, it wasn't that in the document, like another it document. In, um, it was in the uh, confidential human source that FBI. Yeah, it was in the 1023 that from the FBI where that's like he's not smart. He's stupid, so, and my dog is smarter. I believe that Slavchevsky said about Hunter Biden. Yeah, the president of Burisma. So you know, just to your point, he he wasn't really on the board. But to just to be clear, Farah is people in D.C. There there are Farah issues that come up. Normally, you just have to backfile. The DOJ has turned this into like a crime that it's never been before. Right. And they did that. So they could right. off like Paul, Paul Manafort, you know, right. um, other people that they accuse of lobbying for Russia or secret Russian um, like lobbyists. But the fact is that people generally will just go backfile it and it's not a big deal. And it's now it's been weaponized. So it's weaponized against Paul Manafort, but against Hunter Biden, not so much. And obviously the optics of having the, the president's son and then the or the vice president's son be a lobbyist for a foreign country while his father is sitting as the vice president is very problematic. <laughs> so that's, I'm sure that's why he didn't file, but nevertheless, you know, Paul Manafort spent time in jail. So for that's other right. things, but I think one of them was also for Farah. So continue, continue Julie. So basically in short, what the judge directly asked. So when she asked DOJ, does this mean he won't be charged with Farah violations? Weiss's team said, no, basically told the judge this is not an immunity agreement. And that's Hunter Biden's defense team stepped in and said, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not our understanding of the agreement. So apparently she took a little break and said, all right, well, you guys figure this out. And the two teams, I guess, negotiated right there in the courtroom. And um, <clears throat> basically the plea deal then was killed. She killed it essentially by asking questions, said it was a typical that this was not straightforward. She called it at one point unconstitutional. And so the hearing ended with Hunter Biden pleading not guilty. She has directed both parties to go back, negotiate. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens. But 
Uh, David Weiss, actually, obviously, for a number of reasons, has some explaining to do about this and other 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 controversies about his investigation. Yeah, it certainly seems like Hunter had quite a uh, got quite a deal, which was that I think they were trying to secretly make it out so that what we, they didn't want the public to know. I think the extent of the immunity that that Hunter was getting was basically like, do this, and then everything else you've ever done is is untouchable, and we can't come after you. Which is, you know, that's not. I'm not a lawyer, but I do follow some of this stuff, and that's usually not the way these sort of criminal uh, cases proceed. They they usually get you on the big things, not on the little things. Like if you have a bunch of things that someone's accused of doing, you don't say like let's say you jaywalk or maybe you double parked and then also you're a serial killer. The DOJ wouldn't go, oh, you know, we're just going to make a deal on these jaywalking double parking charges. And you're also, you know, get immunity for the serial killing that you're doing. I mean, that's not that's not how the prosecution usually operates when they're targeting someone. They start with the big thing. They go after the big thing and maybe they dismiss some of the smaller things. They don't dismiss the big thing in favor of the smaller thing. So it's so corrupt because at the same time this is happening, I just saw this morning that the DOJ dropped charges, campaign finance, uh, dropped the campaign finance charges against Sam Bankman Freed, who gave something like $3 billion to the Democrats. Sam Bankman Freed is the uh, crypto uh, con artist that was running a crypto exchange that went went under. He was doing all sorts of really weird financial shenanigans to make it look like he had a lot of more money than he did. Um, and he was a big he was the second largest donor to the Democrat Party after George Soros. And the people lost a lot of money from Sam Bankman Freed. Pe- people, not just like rich people, but people. And, you know, they're just dropping those charges. It's fine. So, yeah, fine. I don't that know a lot the- about that case. What would that because he was such a huge donor to Democrats. Well, that's what people are saying. But I mean, he lost billions and billions of dollars. He like I there was almost like a domino effect, like because he had like a crypto exchange where people were exchanging crypto, different cryptos, you know, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and then all these shit coins like Shiba Inu. There's like, oh, I don't know. There's so many. And I, I'm not a big crypto person, but he had really messed the books up first of all he was like a kind of a drug addict and so was his girlfriend wife whatever she's a weirdo these are like little kids that almost felt like they were larping but they actually had like a multi-billion dollar entity that was presented to the public so people use their exchange they kept money on the exchange normally when you exchange money you should take it off the exchange if you're listening and you buy crypto not your keys, not your coins. Get them, get it off exchange. People had their money sitting there. The whole thing went under. He was made his own like crypto coin. It was such a racket that, and they were never regulated by the SEC because you know they were Democrat donors. He gave I think a bill, a billion dollars, something like that, to the Democrat Democrat candidates over the course of a couple years. So. They never got that never got investigated and it should have been shut down and stopped much earlier. So now here we go. When this whole thing did go down, and it couldn't be ignored anymore. Um, he, he was brought up on a bunch of charges. And then today they just announced that they're dropping the campaign finance charges, which is, again, because he was buying off Democrats. 
so you know that's we have those two standards of of justice right we have the, the Sam Bankman Freed and the Hunter Biden and then we're shortly going to get into the Donald Trump and the J6 standard of justice which is entirely different entirely different so that's a <clears throat> Sam Bankman Freed story um so then what happened what else I guess we just have to go straight to special counsel slimy dirtbag Jack Smith and his um, investigation. So Donald Trump posted on Truth um, that he was had received a target letter uh, from Jack Smith. No, no surprise, right, that he's going to be indicted for the events of January 6th. No one is surprised. I've been warning about this for over a year. Yes, Julie has been saying this. I think Julie needs to take a victory lap. I know we can't see her, but I'm imagining her like running to chariots of fire, taking this victory lap because for years, Julie has been saying they are doing this to set set up getting Trump for January 6th. And she is exactly right. Exactly right. <clears throat> yes, well, thank you. And I mean, I take no pleasure in being right about this um, because this is such dangerous territory, but this DOJ, Jack Smith, his prosecutors and these judges do not care. I mean, the only judge who really is going to keep DOJ, hold them accountable is Judge Aileen Cannon in um, Florida. And I do have on my sub stack if people want to see. I did a really deep dive into the entire classified documents case, all of the motions, the background as to how it came to fruition. Judge Cannon's handling of the special master lawsuit last year where Donald Trump filed a suit seeking a third party, neutral third party, to handle the 13,000 pieces of evidence that the FBI stole out of Mar-a-Lago last August. And she did appoint a special master. She's very gutsy. She's very smart and shrewd. So people really want a good backgrounder as well as what happened in the hearing um, last week. I don't think I had this piece up when we did our podcast last week. Maybe I did. If I did, I'm sorry. It's like I can't keep up with time. But at any rate, that will give people a good primer as to uh, what's going on. But so Jack Smith, of course, is going to move forward with this uh, January 6th criminal indictment. We thought the grand jury for Jack Smith meets on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So there was a possibility that the indictment would have been announced uh, on Tuesday. Also, people were on standby. I guess the D.C. courthouse was packed with reporters on Thursday awaiting um, a, a possible indictment. That did not happen. Donald Trump's lawyers were at the courthouse on Thursday, met with Jack Smith's team. Donald Trump later posted on Truth Social that, you know, they had this productive meeting. I told them I did nothing wrong or my lawyers said I did nothing wrong. Don't believe the fake news. I certainly hope he's not deluding himself into thinking that he's not going to be charged with January 6th. Um, but uh, he is, and that indictment could come, it could come up on Friday, could come today, Friday as we're taping, uh, or it could certainly come on Tuesday, which is the next time that this DC grand jury, rubber stamp grand jury is uh, set to, to meet. So that's going to be a real, um, how do you say it? This is going to be just a complete political earthquake list because it's not just going to be Donald Trump who will be indicted. My guess right now is they are deliberating or considering who will be his co-conspirators because if he's charged with conspiracy, obstruction of an official proceeding or conspiracy to obstruct, those are two very common charges in the January 6th overall prosecution. 
But in any conspiracy charge, you have to have a co-conspirator. Now, it could be they just straight up indict him and say, you know, unindicted co-conspirators and add those defendants later um, just to make it a clean indictment where it's only focused on Donald Trump. But my guess is he could be charged with people like uh, John Eastman. He could be charged with Sidney Powell, Rudy Giuliani. He could be charged with Jeffrey uh, Clark, who was the acting assistant uh, deputy attorney general at the time, who wrote the letter to Georgia, uh, about the Georgia election. Um, it could be Mark Meadows. He apparently uh, was questioned, I think, a number of times by the grand jury. There's some speculation that Mark Meadows, who was his chief of staff, uh, last chief of staff is cooperating with the government um, about January 6th. So he might be cooperating, hoping for lesser charges than obstruction, conspiracy, et cetera, et cetera. So, we'll, you know, we'll find all of this out. But I would say that there's a good 90 percent chance that Donald Trump will be indicted, criminally indicted next week for January 6th. And that's good for the DOJ because, you know, unfortunately, they had to move the Mar-a-Lago, the classified documents, over to Florida, a Florida venue, which did, does, doesn't does work in their favor as much as a D.C. So they they had to come up with something else. So now they've got this. And that's a, that's a slam dunk. Sure thing. Right. D.C. jury. I mean, the jury will deliberate for 45 seconds. Uh, we don't I don't even need to list what the charges would be. It's immediate. Immediately, Trump is going to be convicted um, from a, a trial. I mean, I don't think they'd even want to make a plea deal. But now tell us some more about the new charges, right? Didn't Jack Smith bring some new charges against Trump, right? I'm particularly interested in uh, what what is it with this surveillance video that he tried to delete his own surveillance video of the raid? What what do you know anything about that? Sounded really weird to me. I do, and I I apologize because this indictment was um, didn't go. It wasn't posted until last night. We're recording on um, Friday morning, and I have not had a chance to read the entire indictment. But what it looks like is another BS obstruction charge. So people, so I'll get to the, that part in a minute. Just remind me, Evan Corcoran, that name. So. What happened in this case, which is truly outrageous, are two, one thing and then the Evan Corcoran, Trump's lawyer. Jack, the DOJ and then Jack Smith conducted this entire investigation in Washington, D.C., a cesspool of Trump-hating prosecutors, grand jury members, regular trial jury members, and, of course, the chief judge, Beryl Howell, who is a poison on our nation's uh, judicial system. She was appointed by Obama. She oversaw special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation, gave DOJ whatever they wanted, and she is doing the same in this case. What she did, two very key subpoenas that she authorized. One is to pierce attorney-client privilege between Donald Trump and his lawyer, Evan Corcoran, related to January 6th and the production of class, alleged classified documents to DOJ at the time. DOJ was already conducting this before it was handed off to Jack Smith in November. So she took the very unusual step, Beryl Howell, of piercing attorney-client privilege, claiming under the uh, crime fraud exception that, she could, that the privilege should have been uh, 
but pierced, it's pierced. called. Yeah. Pierced. Because um, it was to advance a crime. Now, obviously, the crime in this case is obstruction. It's not that they were running drugs across the border or that they were trying to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer or that they were, you know, anything serious. It is this well, book doesn't it also doesn't it also imply that the lawyer is like working with the client to be to commit crimes? Like, it's, yes, yes. It's, yeah. I mean, because let's be honest, every defense attorney who has a client, you know, they know information about what their client is accused of or innocent of or whatever. So breaching the 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 attorney client privilege with a crime fraud exception is a very dangerous step. I, I'm not surprised they did it, but you can just let your mind think of now there's a, a, a precedent really that they can they can breach they can pierce that privilege with your lawyer and just make up blabbity blah and it's fine. So I just wanted to emphasize what your point, Julie, so go ahead. Right, it's BS. And this was the entire second half of the Mueller report, right? So the first half had to do with imaginary Russian collusion, which of course they never could find any evidence of, they pretended to, but didn't. The second half of Robert Mueller's report dealt with obstruction. So they have, so this could be, so this is supposed to be a serious crime, not you're, you're moving some boxes around that contain your own records from your own presidency. So she's so so they pierced attorney client privilege. And without that, The New York Times reported there would basically be no case. So they've got all of the records. They compelled Evan Corcoran's testimony before the grand jury. Just outrageous. Right. But the other outrage is that there was a subpoena issued to the Trump organization signed off by this D.C. grand jury and uh, Beryl Howell at the direction of then Joe Biden's DOJ. This wasn't even special counsel to produce security footage from inside the former president's house. Now, think about that, Liz. Tell me any other judge outside of this hellhole of Washington, D.C. that would say, oh, yeah, OK, the Democrat who allegedly beat this president, we're going to let his DOJ get security footage from the president's home for nine months. Not a few days where they suspect that these boxes were moved and they violated the May 2022 subpoena that um, resulted in the production of 38 alleged class documents with classified markings. So they went back after they lied, probably lied that the subpoena was still being violated, that there were still classified documents at Mar-a-Lago and got nine months of security footage from multiple cameras, by the way. The defense in this case told the judge that they have three years, over 1,100 days of security footage to go through. That is what Jack Smith has in its hand, in his grubby, dirty hands. That is That's unprecedented. It's, it's almost farcical, laughable, except it's not. What an invasion of privacy. And furthermore, Liz, aside from getting nine months of security footage, the DOJ uh, Jack Smith's team told the judge last week because the defense was complaining, we have 1,100 days, a to you know, a total, nine months worth, but the total of the equivalent of 1,100 days to go through. And DOJ, so they were saying this is a lengthy discovery process. We have to go through most of this footage, et cetera. And DOJ said, oh, no, you don't. Only look at the footage from May 24th to June 3rd. So, okay, 
10 days worth, but you have nine months worth of, what are you doing with the rest of it? And Judge Cannon, to her credit, said, no, that's not how this works. You don't get to tell the defense what footage to look at. You subpoenaed nine months, you used it, and this was the footage that they used in the search warrant, uh, the affidavit to get the search warrant um, to, to raid Mar-a-Lago in August. So they used this footage that they got in June 2022 as part of the search warrant. Now, most of that affidavit, of course, is still redacted. So we don't exactly see how the footage was used to um, justify probable cause for that raid. I know it's confusing for people. I hope that I'm explaining it clearly enough. No, but you, I hope you, what's, you are. I hope what's getting through is how disgusting and corrupt and dirty this whole process is. So now to supersede indict, which means they, add, so they added a co-defendant. It was Donald Trump and his aide, Waltine Nada, who were initially indicted uh, last month for the, you know, alleged espionage. Well, well, Trump was indicted for that. And then Walt Nada was the co-conspirator for conspiring to obstruct by moving boxes around Mar-a-Lago. So now they added this low-level employee, core schlub, at the Trump organization. I've not read through the whole uh, indictment, but apparently there's some communications or claims that Donald Trump instructed this low level aide at the Trump organization to delete video that would have defied the June of 2022 subpoena for security footage. I believe none of it. No one who is listening should believe any of it. And I'm shocked at the people on Twitter and I have to say, especially the Ron DeSantis supporters, and we might get into that, who are validating what Jack Smith, this DOJ, is doing to um, to Donald Trump. It's uh, no one should at all give any credence to this and should express nothing but disgust and outrage. So I <clears throat> I have a couple questions for you, um, and maybe they're just questions. And I think if people are confused. I think the reason is because this doesn't really make a lot of sense. <laughs> like what actually happened does, isn't logical. So you're confused because this is w weird and abnormal. So about the footage. So did they get the footage? Did they get the 1100 hours or days or whatever of footage that they, they wanted? Yes. Because then, then it wasn't deleted. It was they, not deleted. So, but they're saying it, they try. He tried to delete it. What? What? Like what? And, what, and what are the? And I apologize again. I wish I had um, read the whole thing. And I'm just reading coverage of it. And I read little snippets of it. But apparently, it's alleged communications with like uh, emojis that are okay, supposed right. to be evidence of crime. Okay. I, yes. That's interesting. And my other question is. I think that getting that footage is another fishing expedition where they can find things that they can then either charge or leak right to the, to the, I mean, it, they have what, two years of security footage. That's a lot. Um, that's a huge invasion of privacy. So because I don't know if they needed the security footage to, to make their case. Correct. Like Right. Did they like what was the pretense for getting the security footage? What was you know what I mean? Like, how did they get a court to sign off on a subpoena to say, yes, you can go get all of the security footage? There has to be some pretense. You can't just subpoena things without a reason or 
at least in theory. <laughs> well, you can if you're working in Washington, D.C. And yeah. I know you're shocked to hear that both Beryl Howell's order piercing attorney-client privilege and the subpoena for the Trump organization to get security video is under seal. I know you'll be shocked to hear that. So we can't even see the rationale or Judge Beryl Howell's quote-unquote thinking because there is no thinking. She doesn't need to explain anything. She just gets to hold sealed whatever she wants and file sealed orders and is never held accountable. If anyone what? in Washington, D.C. should be impeached, it should be Beryl Howell. She is the rot. She is the one who is enabling all of this and has been since 2017, Robert Mueller's appointment in May of 2017. She is the rot in our system. And it's too bad that the GOP would never have the guts. Forget it, impeaching Joe Biden. She should be impeached. And send a mes message to these judges. You abuse your authority, which she has over and over. And you enable this DOJ, this abusive, vengeful, retaliatory DOJ to accelerate this campaign, this crusade against Trump and his supporters. You will be held accountable because it's not a danger. It's not just because it's about Trump. It's a danger, what do they say, danger to our democracy, it's a threat to our democracy. The threat to our democracy is Judge Beryl Howell. She's not chief judge anymore. She's been replaced with another Obama judge, by the way, James Boesberg. Um, but that is, that's the malignancy in our system right now, is that D.C. courthouse. Well, it used, I mean, the idea is that we have these rules and procedures in, in, in place to protect the defendants who are always presumed innocent, right? I mean, that's one of the great hallmarks of American jurisprudence is that you're, are, people are presumed innocent rather than presumed guilty before. But it, that's all been thrown away. And it's, it's quite frightening to, to think what happens to someone who threatens or, uh, I guess, irritates the 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 state right because all of these protections that are in place again to go back to what a big deal it is to pierce attorney client privilege that's just one of them um it's terrifying you have no chance and again just to look at trump as a defendant trump is a rich man but a lot of the other people who have gotten under the skin of the DOJ and the regime, like the J6ers, who are just kind of everyday common Americans, they don't have any resources. They're, they can't beat the government. And to be honest, I don't think Trump can either. You know, he, he, he has all the resources in the world. And, you know, we, we like to think, well, he'll get his day in court and all the evidence will be presented. And then, we'll, you know, we'll shine the sunshine on everything and we can see what's happening or you know, um, whether, you know, Trump is wrongly accused or whether the DOJ is right. That's but we don't have a fair system. Right. And certainly in a Washington, D.C. venue is not fair to a Republican because the Democrats have whipped people into such a delusional partisan frenzy that Trump or anyone else who is not a liberal Democrat is going to never get a fair hearing in D.C., it, I know Julie writes a lot about this. I'm sorry if you can hear my cat. Oh, she needs it's, attention. It's our it's today is like pet day on on happy hour. I heard your dogs barking earlier, Julie. So <laughs> now we've got Electra's chiming in for some That's attention. Right. 
But I, I am curious. I will, I will say, I almost think that the regime wants the consequences of indicting Trump and even convicting him, because I think people are going to go absolutely fucking apeshit if he is charged and or convicted of of any of this shit. I do. I mean, it's well, going to be and, a real. I think there's going to be a real problem. I do. It frightens me. I do because here, and this is DOJ, the Biden regimes, and Jack Smith's plan, is it is going to be uh, just pouring fuel on the fire nonstop, right? So we already have one superseding indictment in the documents case. There could be more because I'm going to tell you what, Liz, the last person who wants this case to go to trial is Jack Smith because they are lying. They're, they are lying about why they needed to raid Mar-a-Lago. They're lying. Think about this, Liz. 13,000 items they stole from Mar-a-Lago. 102 files. 102. That's it. They allege had classified markings on it. There was no need to raid Donald Trump. His team, if they did anything wrong, was over cooperate with the National Archives and DOJ. When the archives came and said, oh, by the way, we think you have materials that belong to us. Oh, well, what are they? Um, Let's see. Obama's letter to you that he left in the desk and your correspondence with the pres- the dictator of North Korea. Trump should have said, um, hey, little D.C. bureaucrat librarian, go pound sand. No. What did they do? They turned over 15 boxes of documents. Stupid. Why would you ever do that? They should have said, no, no. we're not giving you anything. But they didn't. It's, it's, it's important also to remember that the same people who are um, throwing balloon send off parades and dancing a jig in the street over Trump's, you know, the charges against Trump are also the same people that spent months telling us that just because Hillary Clinton had documents that had the marking C that suggested they were classified doesn't mean that they were classified. Do you remember this, Julie, back when, you know, Hillary Clinton was smashing up her cell phones and bleaching her server? We were told by the same people who are so excited about these charges that just because something is marked classified doesn't mean that it's classified. It's just the whiplash is incredible on this. Well, I'll, I'll do you one better. So just, so they gave the boxes. Naira, of course, working with the regime, says, oh, we found classified documents. They send a referral to uh, Joe Biden's DOJ and Chris Ray's FBI, who happily opens an investigation in March of 2022. This is where this all happened. They get a subpoena in May saying, turn over, look at all your records, turn over if there's anything else with classified markings. They produce another 38 papers. No, we're not responding to your subpoena. Go fuck yourself. They didn't do that. They And, and Liz, they let Jay Brett, the chief of the counterintelligence division for D- Joe Biden's DOJ and three FBI agents into Mar-a-Lago in June of 2022. Trump delays going to Bedminster for the summer so he can greet them and tells them anything you need, we will get for you. The chief of counterintelligence was inside Mar-a-Lago, not with any kind of search warrant. He didn't have any right to be there whatsoever. You serve the subpoena. Here's the subpoena. Please um, comply. Fine. They were over cooperating again. So let's say in imaginary terms, they still thought based on, and this was the this was the calculation of DOJ and NARA. 
that because there were X amount of alleged classified documents, 197, I think, in these 15 boxes, that times X, that should mean, well, there's 75 boxes at Mar-a-Lago, so there should be an equivalent amount of classified documents. That's the rationale that they used to get the search warrant. But they didn't need the search warrant. They could have come back and said, hi, I'm Jay Brad. I want to look through every single box that you have. Donald Trump probably would have said, OK, have at it. Get, take whatever you want. But that's not what happened, because, of course, that would have the, the entire ruse of the FBI raid. And now this prosecution would not be happening. Right. So what did they claim that they filed that they that they took out of Mar-a-Lago? 102 documents. Now, here's the kicker, Liz, in the hearing last week. And Judge Cannon has said, um, now you said classified markings. Are these classified or are yep. they? And Jay Brad said, uh, uh, well, we're, we're treating them as classified. That's what he said back in the hearing in September. Well, that's nice. That's convenient. What he said last week, Jay Brad said last week, she pressed him again. And he said, because Brat and his other attorney, David Harbach, who used to work with Jack Smith, by the way, DOJ under the Obama administration, said he took great offense. The Trump's defense team was saying alleged classified markings. And what David Harbach said is they're not alleged. They've undergone a classification review and they are classified. Sure, we're okay. supposed to trust that. Who did the classification review? The FBI? The director of national yes. intelligence, Avril Haines, who also worked for Obama? Like, who did the classification review? But well, I also, again, just, just to go back, just to go back in a time warp. Now, just because the documents mark classified, a, a pr document that's printed out, the, the Trump could have declassified those, right? I mean, right. who is that third party deciding that they are classified? Trump can just say, oh, no, I declassified those after right after I printed it out. Five seconds, you know, because they're talking about hard copies, which is kind of odd anyway, because a lot of classified information is kept in a skiff you know, where there's like a secure place to view it. They don't do a lot of printing out of classified documents anymore. I think just for security reasons, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but again, a, a, a printout, a hard copy of, of, of um, classified information is, is, is time, is like connected to the time it's printed out. A month later, they could be declassified. You can still have the document that says it's classified, but you subsequently declassified it. So, Again, I know we're talking logic and reason and none of that applies here because, again, this I think this is one of the points that you were making when you were talking about all the abnormalities. None of this was really done in good faith. None of these people aren't really worried that Donald Trump has classified information. They don't really think Donald Trump's going to sell, I don't know, stale classified printouts to, I don't know, who are they saying, Russia or something. This is not a good faith exercise because, as you just said, he let he let people in his house go. Oh, let me know what you need. I'll take anything you need. Go ahead. He complied. Those aren't the actions of somebody who's trying to hide something. That's right. And they are the actions on the DOJ part are of somebody trying to gin up a problem. And I also think we'll learn about this surveillance video that they've gotten for whatever reason, however they got it. It's just to get more information. <clears throat> it's like, give me let's get as, as much information we can and then we'll start finding crimes to charge to charge him with because like i said all those hours of surveillance footage i mean that is who knows what's in that and uh, to be honest i don't care what's in it because it's really none of the government's business you know but to get all that footage for an unknown reason and then claim trump tried to delete it 
I mean, let's be honest, if you have a surveillance system in your house, most of those overwrite each other after a certain amount of time anyway. I mean, you you don't just accumulate a, one million hours That's of security right. footage. You right. it normally just erases itself. You know, keep keep your stuff for like forty eight hours. Now I don't know. I'm sure Donald Trump doesn't have Mar-a-Lago protected by like a ring <laughs> off of Amazon, <laughs> right. but nevertheless. Um, so I just find that's why I asked you about the surveillance footage, because I just I, I just there's something about that that just really it doesn't just I found it very, very alarming. And so I'm sure we'll we'll see all kinds of we'll, we'll learn about this in the future whenever <clears throat> this gets out. But r- right now, something is happening. They're doing something that we are going to discover in two years. <laughs> so I just like to bring that up. Like as we slowly learn about what happened two years ago, right now is going to be two years in two years, or that makes no sense, but you get my point. We're something's going on and we're going to not going to discover it for two years. This is just a really bad all around. I'm sorry if I just sounded a little crazy. No, no. I mean, I think that this is an, in the, the really infuriating backdrop is what's happening with Hunter Biden. I mean, now we know for sure. Yeah information by his own lawyers of all the money he collected, that he was on crack at the time he was collecting millions of dollars from hostile nations. I mean, he was basically working to help enrich China. That's what he was doing. And um, taking this money from Burisma as a lobbyist to the extent that he was, he wasn't even lobbying. He didn't even know what the hell was going on in his life. So um, we have confirmation and the sweetheart deal and the lies and the concealment coming out of that entire matter contrasting now with what's happening with Donald Trump. But just to close up here, the death by a thousand cuts and what you're saying is just it, this DOJ, they want to ratchet up the temperature. So yeah. we have superseding indictment. We're going to have the crim- the first set of indictments in January 6th. I will guess by the end of the day, by the time Jack Smith is done or if Trump wins or whoever wins, slim, it, it, let's pretend that that's even feasible and cuts him off, there will probably be at least four superseding indictments for January 6th, adding charges against Trump and adding co-defendants and and marquee co-defendants, right? Not some schlub who works at the Trump organization. So like a Mark Meadows or, you know, someone at that level. Well, the the guy that they really want to nail is is John Eastman. That's who the Democrats and the media and the regime by NDOJ really wants to nail Eastman. So my guess is he would be the first co-conspirator. Um, but then we also have what's happening in Fulton County. The DA there, Fannie Willis, who is going to planning to indict Trump and others for conspiring to commit election fraud, which is just hilarious considering what happened in Georgia in 2020. So and of course, we have the attorney general for the state of Michigan, Dana Nessel, who has indicted 16 baby boomers for pretending to be uh, send what they call fake electors, which is false. It's not <clears throat> that's not what they did, but they're right. calling it fake electors. So they had electors prepared alternative electors ready to go in case there was some congressional action that rejected the slate of electors that they sent because there were some election irregularities and they weren't following the law in Michigan. And they needed to have people ready, is my understanding, to go. They couldn't wait until it happened and then quickly assemble. And so there were people were just ready to go. Um, 
Julie, did isn't the um, AG of Arizona also filing charges against Trump too? Like the I believe so. Yes, and and the fake electors. But Liz, this has nothing to do with the 2020 election. I tweeted this the other day. This has to do with the 2024 election. Yeah, as they are going to try to pull the same stunts. And the message is, if you file an election lawsuit. If you organize any demonstration about the results of the 2024 election, if you protest, if you pull any sort of stunt, um, if you organize or you lobby or you're you're a Republican official in any of these states and you dare to investigate what might have happened related to mail-in ballots or harvesting or signatures or Mark Zuckerberg dumping tens of millions of dollars in your state to help rig the election for 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 the Democratic candidate. If you do anything, you will be considered a criminal and you will pay the price. This is to completely shut down any response, reaction or investigation into the results of the 2024 election. This is the only only if you're a Republican, though, because you can do all those things. If you're a Democrat and a Republican wins, then it's fine. Like what Julie's saying, you can't you can't question it unless a Republican wins and, and the Democrats are questioning it. But if you're a Republican, you cannot organize, you cannot question, you cannot bring lawsuits. So this, this this isn't a hard and fast rule. It only applies to like a certain group of Americans. Just wanted to clarify that. So that's where we are. So my guess is next week, Liz, we will be discussing. Uh, and, and by the way, breaking news now, the optics are in full full view. So yesterday, the chief of the D.C. Metro Police went to the D.C. courthouse Uh, on Friday morning. D.C. Metro and Secret Service were at the D.C. courthouse. Apparently, what NBC News is reporting, you know, in case any more insurrectionists come, you know, Jacob Chansley (laughs) is out of jail. God knows he could storm the D.C. courthouse with his horns and his face paint and his furry jacket. There could be another action. He could be Um, anywhere. And outside of the Fulton County Courthouse yesterday on Thursday, they started um, erecting barricades around the courthouse. Mm -hmm. The idea that, you know, Trump supporters are going to go crazy. And so next week, I'm sure we could be talking about one or both of those, Liz. All right. Well, that's that's uh. That's certainly consistent. What else with the, happened? Did anything good happen this week? Let's no, see. not really. Um, I'm trying to think, and I I can't. One good thing or bad thing. Well, it's a good and bad thing. Is that the House of uh, Representatives have adjourned, so they're out for like eight weeks. <laughs> okay. So it, it's good because usually it's just good when they're not trying to legislate or do anything. But it's also bad because there's a lot of stuff that needs to go on, and these people are lazy stacks of shit. So. They're um, out already for their recess and they get the entire month of August. I think they come back in September at some point. So that must be nice. Um, yes. I, I don't well, get that much vacation. Let's hope these Republicans go home and get an earful from their constituents about why they will more to stop what's happening <clears throat> to Donald Trump and his people. I think they will. <clears throat> they always I mean, I, I've heard all, I've heard so many stories over the years of congressmen that go home and then they like are in hiding you know they don't go to town halls like someone will have a town hall but they won't show up that that happened a lot when obamacare was about to get passed and they 
you know, the congressmen are wearing like disguises, you know, like the black glasses with the mustache or whatever, like Ziggy Marley hat with dreadlocks or something, trying to hide from their constituents. So it is good for them to go home. It's also good for them not to be doing anything because it's almost always whatever they're doing is bad. So I guess that is our happy, we'll end happy hour on a happy note that for the next like six weeks, the House of Representatives are gone. Um, oh, yeah. Mitch McConnell seemed to have a stroke. And then Dianne Feinstein oh, was God. overheard on a right. hot mic where yes. her aide was telling her how to vote on a bill. Yes. They just said, just vote yes. So that's that's great. I mean, that isn't confidence inspiring. I don't know what it is. But Liz, there, uh, there was some good news that came out this week. We totally overlooked this. Joe Biden um, cured cancer. Hello. Oh, my God, that's right. That's right. That just didn't really hit the news cycle either. Um, this guy is just crazy. How can how can they ru- run him? But I guess they have such control over our election, our elections that they can run him. Right. Well, I mean, this is just a quick ending here, which is why I'm not supportive of impeaching Joe Biden. We would be doing the Democrats a favor. The majority of Democrats in every single poll say they do not want Joe Biden to run for re-election. So why would we do Democrats? We should not impeach him. Make him run. Make them get rid of him. Him run. Make totally them get rid of him. Yep. Make make okay, because it's not just Biden. They need to make them get rid of him and also Kamala. Right? They can't run her. She's even worse than him, and she's got worse negatives than he does. Make make the Democrats own that. Make them come up with Joe wants to spend time with his grandchildren, all six of them, and not that one from the stripper. Except for the one. Except for the stripper. Maybe he wants to spend more time training his dogs because another Biden dog is biting, like literally biting the Secret Service agent where they have to go to the hospital. So, and that's um, that's a bad owner, not a bad dog. There are no bad dogs. There are only bad owners. And this is the second Biden dog that has a problem. So it's 100% not. Not the dog. It's the owner. Um, All right. Anyway, we are done. That's been our hour. We're going to be here next week. There's going to be more shit to talk about like there always is. Have a wonderful weekend. Um, It's hot as hell. So don't go outside. I know it's hot as hell here in D.C. I think it's hot everywhere. But have a good weekend. Stay inside. Turn up your air conditioning. Say no to the climate freaks. You turn that air conditioning up. You stay cool. No, turn it down. Turn it way down. As long as long as you have air conditioning, that may not be around for much longer. So. Oh, that's true. We're not going to have gas stoves, and we're not going to have air conditioning. Oh God. Or water heaters. Or water heaters. Or grass, like (laughs) real grass. A lot of places don't let you put actual grass down anymore. Um, in Vegas, they don't, they pay you not to have grass, um, not pot. Stop thinking like that. All right, people again, have a great weekend and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to happy hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.